For the past six years, body image has been one of the top four issues for young people. And since 2017, it's come up in the top three. If we want our young people to be all they can be in life and to be to lead happy, healthy and fulfilling lives, then body image and having a positive relationship with our bodies is an important part of that. I certainly struggled a lot with my relationship with my body, mostly in those sort of teen years. I, I think it became more and more of a struggle. I think just that, that comparison voice had been sort of opened up as a kid and it just got worse, basically. I don't know, again, that they're aware or make the links necessarily between how they might be feeling about their body and then how that relates to their mental health. As a parent, I like to think that I know what's important to my kids and what they're concerned about, but there's no real way to tell if what's going on in their head is actually what they're articulating. And if we're trying to understand young people as a group, it's even harder. That's where Mission Australia's youth survey comes in. The Mission Australia Youth Survey has actually been going for 20 years, and we're the largest national survey of young people in Australia, funny. And so we get around 20,000 responses from young people each year. And it's a really broad brush survey that really is trying to understand the aspirations, the concerns, the values, what's worrying young people and what they're excited about. This is Butterfly Let's Talk from Butterfly. I'm Sam Iken. In this episode, we're going to find out what we know about young people and their body image and possibly more importantly, what we don't know. But Mission Australia's survey has consistently shown that body image is one of their top concerns. I'm Rachel Christie. I uh, lead a department at Mission Australia that is called the Centre for Evidence and Insights. We look at data, evidence, how to actually get change in our communities. And we run a whole lot of research projects and services to try and understand what actually we can do to improve outcomes for people and to help communities and people to thrive. Our survey is for 15 to 19-year-olds. So it really hits that kind of late adolescence The teenage years are critical for building positive body image and Mission Australia statistics show just how much mental health and body image are influencing young people today. In 2021, more than a third of over 20,000 survey respondents aged 15 to 18 were extremely concerned about their body image. So we ask about all sorts of things, but body image does come up. And for the past six years, body image has been one of the top four issues for young people. And since 2017, it's come up in the top three. One in four young people are actually experiencing psychological distress right now. So like, you know, that's one in four. And, and for me, and to see that trend increase over the years, in addition to all the things with, you know, climate change, bushfires, floods, pandemics, all of these things, just we're getting a sense of increased stress, frankly, on young people in Australia and this increased sense of worry, which is concerning. And then you add these elements of concern and stress about body image on top of that. I feel like it it creates this picture of young people who are are really challenged at all sides. They're challenged from their external environment and their internal environment. 
Well, I guess I need to ask if all teenagers are affected by body image concerns or are there some groups that are more vulnerable than others? We can also see that in the data, we can see that body image issues are by and large much more of a worry for females and also for people who say self-identify as a a non-binary gender. And so we're seeing this kind of this stress for for females and for non-binary folks in the areas of body image and in, in the areas of psychological distress that are alarming and should be talked about. The Mission Australia survey is the only national study of its kind, and it's the best place to go to identify where the major issues are. But like Rachel said, it's more like a metal detector. It'll tell us there's an issue with body image, but it won't give us the finer details about it. Then it's up to specialist organisations like Butterfly to start digging. I think Butterfly and the area of body image is one that's kind of resonated really strongly with me, both as a professional, as a woman and as a mother. I'm Helen Bird and I'm manager of Butterfly Education Services. So I look after all the work that we do out in schools and communities across Australia And I work alongside a really small team of dedicated and very clever colleagues. We've been operating prevention services here in Australia since 2007. And we provide education and early intervention workshops, trainings, resources to educators, to professionals working with young people, to parents and to young people themselves. So in that time, we've reached something like 1.5 million young people and trained over 15,000 professionals and parents. That's a lot of people that you've reached, one and a half million, but we're only starting to scratch the surface. There's still so much more to be done. It's, you know, it's a topic that's ever changing. It's ever evolving. We know that our body image is influenced by so many different things, both internal and external factors. So it's something that we just continually need to work on. And I think whenever we're talking to professionals and parents and trying to explain what we're doing at Butterfly and why prevention is so important, is we try to show that we talk about how our relationship with our body and eating exists on a spectrum. It's really good to have an expert in this field I mean, we have experts from all different fields at the moment, but we talk about body image all the time. We just assume everyone knows what that is. Can you define it? What's body image? So body image is the thoughts, feelings and attitudes that we have about our body and appearance. And in turn, those thoughts and feelings drive our behaviours. So we can have drive both positive behaviours and negative behaviours. And we can have, you know, largely positive thoughts about our body, so positive body image, or we can have dissatisfied thoughts, so body dissatisfaction, or we can just be one of those people that kind of just exists in our body and kind of doesn't think too much about it at all. So there's a spectrum. Knowing where young people are on that spectrum and how they got there can help us to identify how much of a risk there is that they could develop an eating disorder. And then we can work with prevention rather than cure. I'm sure there's an old saying that would be appropriate there. Everyone's heard it. As the head of education services at Butterfly, Helen's top priority is delivering that ounce of prevention at the right time. We know that when someone feels dissatisfied in their bodies, they generally turn to kind of quick fixes. They turn to things to try and change their bodies. So they see their body as the problem, not necessarily it's their thoughts and feelings that are the problem, it's their bodies that are the problem. And we know that that really means for young people in particular that they may go on restricted diets. They're trying to either shrink their bodies 
and for some it might be about developing muscles or developing leanness and you know it can make or break somebody poor body image uh, and particularly young people because they're in that kind of you know identity formation part of their lives and it can impact every aspect of their lives so it can impact their relationships with their friends with their families it can uh, impact their studies it can impact their work and we know that it can also encourage them to get engage in other risky health behaviors so it sounds to me Helen like we need to know heaps more about what's going on here are things getting easier for young people or are they getting more difficult what we're seeing a lot of at the moment is we're getting a lot of phone calls from schools who particularly in Victoria who've gone through really hard restrictions and lockdowns and the sorts of things that teachers are telling us is that they're having a lot of young people who are choosing not to eat during the school day, who are articulating that they're really not happy in their bodies. And increasingly, we've had a, a number of primary schools reach out to us for that very reason, that they've got young people who are really expressing dissatisfaction with their body. So what can we do or is there anything we can do? I won't pretend that prevention work is easy. It's pretty challenging and I think it's particularly challenging in an area like eating disorders because eating disorders are incredibly complex and different for everyone. But what we do know from the research is that prevention efforts which focus on the risk and protective factors stand the best chance of being effective. And we know that body dissatisfaction and restrictive dieting are the two most significant risk factors for development of an eating disorder. If left unaddressed, body image issues can impact long-term mental health and life outcomes with negative consequences for education, employment and relationships. One thing that helps Helen and her team with their prevention work is quality data. Mission Australia survey points us in the right direction and now Butterfly's embarking on a survey of its own to get more details about how young people experience body image and body image concerns from young people themselves. To do that, Butterfly is launching the Body Kind Youth Survey this month, that is September 2022, inviting young people to share with them what's really going on because we just need some more information. Body Kind is an initiative of Butterfly Foundation. It's our annual awareness program that's designed to create a range of environments, whether that's the school, the home, the sporting club, the online environment, a range of environments that support positive body image and encourages people to be kinder to their bodies. And what we mean by body kindness or being body kind, it's a really simple call to action, really. It's about the way that we move, nourish and nurture our bodies. It's about the language that we use to talk about our own and other people's bodies, the language you use out loud and in our heads and to each other. We've spent a lot of time thinking about young people and what they may need, but maybe we need to hear from at least one young person themselves. Our next guest is someone who has used the services of Butterfly in the past and is now part of Helen's education team. My name's Claire. I am an emerging writer and musician and teacher sometimes. Butterfly's in there too, as well as one of their presenters. How did you end up where you are, you know, part-time working for Butterfly as well as everything else that you do? I suppose communicating, talking to people, connecting with people about stories was something that came like very naturally to me. And then when I saw this job open up for Butterfly, I was thinking, I mean, 
I don't have any health background and I don't have like, I'm not a mental health practitioner, but this could be perfect for me because I have also lived experience as someone who had an eating disorder. And it's just continued to be kind of the most amazing job ever because I just am so passionate about what we do at Butterfly. And I just, I love it. If you think back, what was the first time you became aware of your body image? You probably weren't thinking, well, I have this as my body image mm. at the time. But what was the first oh, like point of awareness that you can remember? Well, I grew up dancing. And I think this is a really common experience for a lot of young girls in particular, but sometimes guys as well. You develop a really different awareness of your body from the outside. It's still like a very happy place for me to dance. But you develop a strange, you know, awareness of your body, I think, from quite a young age. And so I think I was comparing my body size or shape from probably before I was 10 or 11 and maybe hadn't ever articulated any discomfort in my body yet, but I was certainly, I remember being aware of my shape versus other people's shape and is that right? Would you uh, describe the relationship that you have with your body image as a struggle? I certainly struggled a lot with my relationship with my body, mostly in those sort of teen years. I I think it, it became more and more of a struggle the older I got. I think I developed a language for being able to go, oh, that's body image. And oh, I don't think I have a great relationship with that, <laughs> you know. And I think just that that comparison voice had been sort of opened up as a kid and it just got worse, basically. And how did that flow on to other parts of your life? Has it affected your life in many ways? It was huge. And I think I didn't understand just how much it rippled through pretty much every facet of my life in terms of how connected it was to how I dealt with stress, how I dealt with conflict. And I think when I started to get therapy and was in recovery for it, it actually changed every facet of my life for the better. Yeah. Not just my relationship with my body and with food and, and with movement. It just, I, and I didn't know at the time just how interconnected all of those things were. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just, it's like this web that runs through every part of your brain. So, of course, every part of your life is impacted by it. Parents, carers, or the adults responsible for younger people are always the best place to start, but often kids need a little bit of extra support. One of the things we do ask in the youth survey is where young people go for help. Their top three places that they go to for help are their friends. First, they go to their friends. So I think there's an opportunity for friends and peers to upskill themselves about the best way that they can support their friends. The second most common place that they go to help is your parents, is their parents. So I'm a mother of a teenage daughter. Just for those parents who might be listening, I suppose be comfortable and feel reassured that your children are likely going to come to you. So be ready for that. <laughs> be prepared for when or to be open and available for your young people to be able to talk to you because you know, 20,000 young people actually say that they want to go to their parents. Um, and for the, this group, um, the third most common source of help is the internet. So I think that's also, there's an opportunity for service providers and for organisations like Butterfly Foundation to really work through online tools 
you know, like this podcast is one of those things, but people are going to their online communities and online trusted resources. So I'd say, you know, build those evidence-based resources that are going to help people and, and not provide that kind of that disinformation cycle that we can see, but actually the things that are going to help people move into more wholeness and freedom. We encourage people to reach out to the Butterfly Helpline for extra support, and I'll throw out their number and website shortly. But there are other places that kids can go to get help. Kids Helpline is essentially, it's a free national service for young people, 5 to 25 years. My name's Jacinta. I'm one of the Kids Helpline Counselling Centre supervisors. We offer counselling. So we can offer regular, ongoing, weekly counselling sessions for clients or crisis support. We're essentially a mental health safety net for young Australians. You know, if there's nowhere else to go, we're, we're 24 hours. So they can access us anytime, anywhere, pretty much. We actually have trained psychologists, counsellors, social workers who bring lots of different areas of expertise. But essentially, we're a, a generalist counselling service. So tell us what changes you've noticed in terms of the mental health of young people over the last few years? I mean, the obvious one is COVID. You know, it's had such a huge impact. And at the beginning, it might have been caused more about not understanding COVID and being fearful of, you know, family members catching it and that kind of thing. And now we're seeing more of the long-term impacts, like not being used to getting out and seeing people face-to-face, social anxiety, What have you noticed about kids and how they feel about their body image um, Mm. and how that might be affecting kids at the moment? It's so kind of integrated into so many of the calls that we get that it it can just be sort of in the background. They might just throw it into the mix that somebody's called them fat or somebody's said something about a particular part of their body or the way they look. So lots of use of social media in a negative way, you know, the threat of making photos public, that kind of thing is just having a huge impact on young people's mental health. But I don't know that they're making the connections between what's real and what's not real because the lines become so blurred. Helping them understand that what they see online is not necessarily what the real world is like. It's essential that we keep building our understanding of young people's lived experience of body image and help them to guide the appropriate prevention strategies, services and support. That's where the Body Kind survey comes in. It'll help build the essential knowledge base to enhance the current prevention strategies. We know that young people are struggling and our go-to statistic has always been the fantastic Mission Australia survey for 15 to 25-year-olds. And that tells us that something like one third of young people are concerned or extremely concerned about their body image. And that survey, while being absolutely fantastic, only asks that one singular question about body image, are you concerned? And we don't really have national data on the body image experiences of 12 to 18-year-olds. So we don't really understand the prevalence of body satisfaction or dissatisfaction amongst young Australians. And we don't really understand the reality of that in young people's lives. So how is that actually playing out? And if we have better data, then we can better 
target our prevention efforts, both Butterfly and all the other services and agencies working in this space. And we can also better track our prevention efforts to see what impact we're having. And so we want to do a really deep dive into the body image experiences of young Australians from 12 to 18 years old. And that's why we're launching the Body Kind Youth Survey this year. It asks questions that are really positively framed. So we're not doing uh, digging around around eating disorders or eating disorder behaviours. We're really trying to understand how satisfied young people are with their bodies and appearance the sorts of things that are impacting them. So we're asking about body image and how that's played out with social media, um, bullying and appearance-related teasing. We're asking young people how it's impacting their lives. So is it stopping them doing things? And also how they're being kind to their body. So what are they already doing to look after and support their body image? And I think the key thing that we're really asking young people is what needs to change. So if we want an Australia that is more body kind, what does that need to look like? So what are you going to do with what you find out from this? We want to really use the voices of young people to take that information to policymakers, to government, to the big tech companies, to the social media platforms and say, this is what young people need in order to be kinder to their bodies. And that's pretty powerful knowledge, I guess, once people know that, right? Absolutely. I mean, the the experts on young people's body image are young people. And we need a we need a platform to be able to amplify that, which is, you know, really central to what Butterfly does as an organisation, amplify the voice of the lived experience. And we really want to do this for that 12 to 18 year old age group. Excellent. And look, if you're scrambling around looking for a pen to write that website down, it's in the show notes. So don't worry about that. In terms of mental health support for young people, what more does Australia need to be doing, do you think? We just see waiting lists for psychologists, waiting lists for mental health programs for youth. There just needs to be more money and skilled people put in this area. I would also say that it would be beneficial for schools to add and increase their mental health supports. So I'm not saying that teachers should add more things to their already demanding workload, but actually bring in skilled resources, clinicians that work in schools that are actually able to identify those young people early and are able to offer those solutions in schools rather than having to make a referral or go to a GP or go to a headspace, which you can do, but just to provide that early intervention option. In the meantime, what can we be doing to be a little kinder to ourselves? So it might be thinking about the way the, the choices that we're making in relation to our exercise, for example, are we exercising because it makes our body and our mind feel good? Or are we exercising in a way that's about punishing our body or compensating or trying to change the way that our body looks? So it's just shifting, it's just shifting that mindset to one that's more kinder and compassionate towards our bodies, being more accepting and respecting. You know, there's lots of different ways of thinking about our bodies and concepts and movements and ideas, whether that's body acceptance, respect, appreciation, and they're all really valid. And it's up to individuals to find the language and the concepts and the ideas that work for them. But at Butterfly, one of the things that we think is a really simple thing for people to do is just take that one step to be kinder to their body. Okay. The language that they're using in their heads. Talk to their bodies as if they were a best friend rather than an enemy. 
I think when we start to be more mindful and if we start to think about just the way that we talk to ourselves in our head, that constant internal dialogue that we have. And when we notice, when we start to notice the frequency at which it's kind of bullying us and being unkind to us, then we can start to think about changing that up, whether that's just putting in a blocker or whether it's replacing it with a positive mantra or learning to reframe negative thoughts and negative self-talk into more positive self-talk. I would just try and reassure people, you know, you don't have to suffer through this in silence, regardless of how serious or not you think it is. You, you don't deserve to be isolated, isolated because of these feelings. Admitting it to yourself is a huge start. Admitting it to a friend is even better. Admitting it to a parent or someone who cares about you, who's an adult, who's in a position to help you get support, like that is just... I always get weirdly excited when kids come up to me and give me their experiences because I'm like, that's awful. I'm so sorry that you're experiencing that. But the fact that you're telling me shows me you're at the beginning of something really exciting and that's the rest of your life. I definitely feel like I'm kinder to myself in, and I now understand what kindness in relation to my body, but all facets of my life, I now understand what that actually means. I think I struggled for a long time because people tell you, oh, you have to love yourself or you have to just, you know, just love yourself. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, how do I do that? What does that mean? I just tell myself I love myself. I don't feel it. You, do you know what I mean? You, you can you can say something or feel like you, it's a switch. You're just supposed to flick on and then suddenly you feel differently. And, and I think the reality for so many of us is it's not that simple. And actually things made a lot more sense to me when I realized that being kind to my body was about actions rather than just expecting myself to change how I was feeling. I'm a big believer in teaching young people to be aware of what they tell themselves. So really starting to become aware of the thoughts that you have. So if you wouldn't say it to a friend, then why would you say it to yourself? And so that that understanding that if you learn to be kind and and sort of encouraging and give yourself, you know, acknowledgement or recognition for the things that you do well and self-soothing, even saying it'll be okay, you'll be all right, you've got this, whatever it takes, rather than, you know, saying things to yourself like, I'm a loser, I'm stupid. One of the most important things is to separate the person from the body. Like they are not you know, they are not an eating disorder or they are not anxiety or depression. So it's learning to say, well, this is, you know, what you're experiencing at the moment and empowering them. So at Kids Helpline, as I said out, the most important thing is to kind of empower the young person to make their own decisions and to determine what's going to work best for them by reflecting their strengths, uh, reflecting that help seeking is a great way to go. And and looking at other supports in their life and being kind to themselves. So self-compassion is key, is understanding that we're all human beings trying to get along in the world and navigate and being kind to ourselves is going to be much more empowering and motivating than being self-critical. I think that it impacts everybody. Every child that I've spoken to in the context of my work with Butterfly when asked if they think that we exist in a society that puts too much emphasis on appearances, everyone, the answer is always yes. And that tells me that we are 
all in the same boat together and that we are all feeling that pressure. It may not be translating into unhealthy behaviours for everybody, but we are certainly all acutely aware of it. That's a shame. That's really upsetting for me on the one hand, that we are all feeling that pressure. I would never wish that on anybody. But it's also really empowering or exciting to me because I think it shows me that there's an opportunity here for us to make changes as as a society and make decisions or behave in ways that align more fully with what we believe, which is that it is actually not that important or we don't want it to be considered to be as important. No matter what size we are, what age we are, what gender we are, what ethnicity we are, practicing body kindness can really help build those positive thoughts and feelings about not only our own body, but all bodies. And so what that might look like in practical steps is um, I've got five. So the main one is speaking kindly about your own and all bodies. So that's talking to yourself with respect and as if it was your best friend and calling out, you know, those jokes, banter, comments that are all, that just bully, tease or shame other people's bodies or, or your own body. When you say call out, we mean say stop it. And if that's too difficult, then, you know, turn away, walk away from it ask to change the subject, this is boring, I'm not finding this very interesting anymore, you know, those kinds of things. Second idea is to, that one around movement, move your body for health and well-being instead of weight and body shape or muscle size. So all movement has benefit no matter what it looks like. So choose something that you enjoy and that's fun and that you can keep up and that is good for your mind and body. The third one is express gratitude for all the amazing things that your body can do and has done for you because focusing on how your body functions helps you to see and be more than your appearance. So one of the least interesting things about you is the way that you look. So focus on the other things, your amazing attributes and the, the functionality of your body. Fourth idea is to become media savvy and support your body image whilst you're on socials. And I know that that can be really difficult too. So again, that's really tuning into how our online interactions make us feel. So if it's not serving you well, if it's uh, triggering you uh, or if it's making you compensate or compare, then maybe you need to switch that up. Right. Yep. And then... Number five... Be aware of what is influencing your attitudes and values, particularly around weight and shape and appearance. And that's really hard because we live in a society that's so heavily influenced by diet culture. But we may need to do some learning and unlearning when it comes to those sorts of things about the relationship between our bodies and our health and our weight. Before we wrap up this episode, I'd like to encourage anyone who's eligible to take the Body Kind survey at butterfly.org.au slash survey. The more young people we can get to take the survey, the better. If you need support right now, there's always the Butterfly Helpline, 1-800-334673. That's 1-800-ED-HOPE. And of course, there's the website, butterfly.org.au. There's also Kids Helpline. The phone number for them is 1-800-55-1800. We'd like to thank Rachel Christie from Mission Australia, Jacinta Franich from Kids Helpline, Helen Bird, and Claire Hennessy from Butterfly for being part of this episode. If you're enjoying Butterfly Let's Talk or you're getting something out of it, you could really help us out by giving us a rating and a review in the app that you're using to listen to this podcast. 
just a couple of words would be hugely appreciated. All you need to do is scroll to the bottom of the app that you're using right now to play this episode to find out where you need to leave a review. This show is produced by Icon Media for Butterfly. My scriptwriter and production assistant is Bronwyn Listen. Executive producer, Camilla Beckett. Lived experience support is from Kate Mulray. And our editor is the inimitable Brendan Lenahan. I'm Sam Icon, your friendly host. Thank you so much for your company.